Welcome to another edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast on the Bright Side of the Sun podcast network. Please do me a favor and subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. We appreciate it. And make sure that if you're watching on YouTube that you subscribe to our YouTube channel, you click the thumbs up button, and you go ahead and, re- and you click the bell as well, letting everybody know or letting yourself know whenever we go live. I'm joined, as always, by my partner in crime, and that is Mr. Matthew Lissy. How are you doing this evening, my man? They're doing good. What's up, Jamsters? Another heartbreaking Sunday, right, for Cardinals fans? Sorry, I had to just throw that in there. Yeah, you had to throw that in there, man. A depressing Sunday, but this is a good way to end it. Yeah, well, the Suns are something positive we can talk about. The Cardinals are just, you know, again, I I said this on Twitter today. If it wasn't for the Hale Murray, the the Cardinals would have lost four in a row and be five and six right now. Like, that's how important that win over Buffalo was because losing to New England in the fashion that we did was – Borderline unacceptable, man. It's, it's hard to watch. It's hard to watch. But then again, the sun season is starting soon. So you got to look forward to that. Yes. Right around the corner, we have the sun's season. And we're very excited because on this podcast, we're going to be joined by none other than the solar panels, Dave King. Dave, oh, look at that how guy. are you doing? Hey, hey, hey. How's it going, everybody? It's awesome. What's it's up, good man? to see you again, man. Dave it's been a while since you've been on the pod. Dark. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, yeah, 8 o'clock Arizona time, so knowing that you stay up this late is quite impressive to, I'm sure, all of our listeners. I got to go get my love. <laughs> I'm surprised you're not like in your in your robe ready to go to bed. <laughs> we'll just leave that one alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Later, go? Man. Well, we've that's got the an ex- half of the show. Yeah, that's the that, that's the late night show for those of you who want to stay up late with the Sunday hours session. Well, we got a fun show uh, lined up for everybody. Obviously, Dave is joining us as we're going to talk about our way too early predictions for the 2020 2021 season. But before we do that, we're going to actually bring on Welcome to Loud Cities editor in chief sarah dewberry and she will be joining us to talk about cp3 because that's where he came from and we want to just get some insight as to what it's like to be a cp3 fan i mean think about it as a phoenix suns fan cp3 has been the enemy he was a clipper forever he was a rocket and then he was playing you know he was a hornet before that i mean and and then he was okc last year so he's always been kind of a thorn in our side and now we're rooting for him so it's going to be interesting to kind of hear somebody's perspective who's actually gone through the whole rooting for him uh, facet. So excited to bring Sarah on momentarily. But before I do that, as per usual, we got to drink beers. So is anybody else going to be drinking with me tonight? Or am I, am I seriously? Well, I oh, think- Dave's got a drink. Oh, look what I got. I white. got my oh. usual. I got, what, what, what's the usual, Dave? It is an unnamed bourbon Ooh. that um, I am not going to share exactly the origin of. Oh, okay. Is it like a secret recipe? Are you are you making moonshine in the bathroom during the quarantine, Dave? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Okay. <laughs> Dave's away, special man. recipe. Yeah, and Matthew, what are you rocking? Oh, the old-fashioned white claw. You know, Ooh, is, that, guys. is that a mango? I did, yeah, I did a lot of surfing today, so I'm going to go ahead and crack one of these bad boys open. <laughs> well... I've got my Coors Banquet beer because, according to Cobra Kai, it's badass. So crack them open if you got them. And let's talk Phoenix Suns, baby. So yeah, CP3 is now officially a member of the Phoenix Suns, and just to kind of get some insight on how to root for him and, and what to expect from him, we're going to bring in from Welcome to Loud City, Welcome Sarah Dewberry. Welcome back to the show. Great to see Hi. you. Hey, hey. 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 Before we start, I'm drinking a Dos Equis. Oh, heck yeah. Hey, oh, yeah. all there you right. Go. Hey, you fit right in. Party. Perfect. Yep. Got the fellas in the beer. This is perfect start. Fellas in the beer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, apparently we're all alcoholics on a Sunday night. That's what I'm learning. <laughs> so how is everything in OKC, Sarah? Um, currently it's cold. Um, so what I wish shame. I was in Phoenix where I was it was warmer. So I guess. But yeah, I mean everything than that, it's great. You know, we I don't know anybody on our team anymore. So there's also <laughs> didn't uh well you um, you know first round pick number one, first round pick number two. First round pick number three, you know him by yeah. name, yeah. Right, yeah. So I mean, you know, the next the next six years are going to be fun because you know we'll probably pick a lot of people. I'm I want to say this. I'm really glad we didn't draft a ball 
Like I'm yeah. very thankful for that. So yeah. That's funny because John John will have, and I Michael Jordan will have his hands full because the dad's you know, he's a character. So absolutely. Yeah, he is. It, it, that's totally opposite. John and I yes. actually couldn't wait to get Lonzo Ball or LaMelo Ball. <laughs> we wanted really? both of them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, right I'm now? with Sarah. I'm with Sarah here. No balls in this place. Yeah. Well, that's no, why no. you guys are editor in chiefs and we're just podcast hosts. Okay. Because you guys actually are, you're, you have right. cerebralness and we want the flashy, you know, kind of like the big story. What's it like to have that's like 49 draft picks over the next seven years? Like, how as a fan do you even approach and navigate that? Because you know that your team is going to be constantly an influx, right? Yeah, it's like every day is going to be like Christmas morning. You're just going to be like, what is Presky <laughs> going to gift us? Like he's going to be Santa Claus for the next six years. So, you know, like I I think like for me, he's like the Theo Epstein of basketball. Like Theo mm-hmm. Epstein's a baseball numbers guy. I feel like Presky's the same way. So I have a lot of faith in him. You know, he's got Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, Serge Ibaka, James Harden, like he's able to find these players and create magic. So, you know, at first I was like, what are we doing? Like we're getting rid of everybody. But then it's like, oh, we've got 30 draft picks for the next six years. I like it. So, you know, I know there's something to the madness. So fingers crossed. I have faith in them. Well, I got to tell you, at least uh, you can count on Sam Presti to take better players than Ryan McDonough did in Phoenix. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anybody can take better players than Ryan. Yeah, Alex Lennon, number five. Josh Jackson, number four. Like Presty's got to have. So let's go through him. Let's right? go through him. Alex Lennon, number five in 2013, uh, just signed. Uh, well, for part of the barely over the minimum level of yeah. the MLE in Toronto. Josh Jackson signed a non-guaranteed, I think, deal in Detroit. He was number four pick in 2017. Dragon Bender didn't even get an NBA contract this year. And Marquise Chris got a, a guaranteed minimum just yesterday, as of yesterday's guaranteed, in Golden State. So that's four top eight draft picks in five years, and they have a guaranteed total of about $4 million in their pocket for this year. Total. Oh. So hopefully Sam Presti will draft better than our guy did. Yeah. Yeah. We're, hey, we're we, rooting for you, Sarah. Right, do we have to all take a drink now? We have to take <laughs> yeah. a drink. drink yeah. Everybody pour, drink to pour that. Pour one out for all of those players that you just mem- that you just mentioned. Oh, this is not the, even that good. The, <laughs> I don't I don't know why these are on my fridge. you get a white claw, man? I think on my fridge. I don't even know who I over this weekend, dude. <laughs> it's a bunch pandemic of going on. Don't Nobody, but a bunch of teenagers. That is, you know. <laughs> all right. Anyways. I right, so yeah. I got to ask you this, Sarah. Following the end of okay. the season, did you believe that Chris Paul was going to be a member of the Thunder coming into the 2021 season or was it kind of, you know, cloudy? Did you did you think he wanted um, out or I was, I was hoping that he would, but you know, I figured that he it was 50-50. You know, okay. I I was I was fingers crossed that he would stay just because of, you know, ESPN gave them a 0.02% chance of making the playoffs. And then all of a sudden they get go all the way seven games against the Rockets. Yeah. Um, which, you know, was awesome. Um, Chris Paul was healthy, which he was not when he was in Houston. So that was a big thing. Um, and another big factor is that the young players really listened to him. And then, you know, he was dealing with a lot of stuff. I mean, as the players association president, you know, he's having to deal with, you know, COVID and then the boycotts. And so he has his hands full and he's also trying to carry a team. So I was hoping that all those three things would kind of factor into him staying here. And also, you know, when Hurricane Katrina came in and he got drafted by the Hornets, he started his NBA career in Oklahoma City. So there's a lot of awesomeness that goes with staying in Oklahoma city. So I was hoping really that he would stay, but kind of knew that he wouldn't just because of the money game. And, you know, there was talks that he was going to go to the Knicks, um, which would have been catastrophic. Um, I think anybody going to the Knicks is catastrophic. Um, So, 
you know, I think you guys have gained a really great thing. And I think Devin Booker is going to grow exponentially. And you guys were awesome in the bubble. I mean, you guys were the only team that went undefeated. So, you know, you're already great at what you do. So to add Chris Paul to it, even though he's 35, um, I think a lot of players are going to listen to him and he's going to do really, really well for your team. So you guys are, you guys have gained a really great player. How surprised were you that Phoenix was a destination? Um, kind of surprised. Um, you know, I, 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 I don't think he was in my top three. Um, you know, my top three were either he was going to the Knicks because that was a big talker. Um, the Lakers kind of, um, and then I thought he might go back to the Rockets, you know, just because of his relationship sort of kind of with Harden. I know it was kind of iffy, but, um, you know, so for Phoenix, it's a big game. So you back know, to you the guys, Rockets, would you have yeah. like, taken Russell Westbrook back? Is that what you'd think? <laughs> <laughs> That's always the answer. No. And I, and I've, I'm a big person that, you know, I'm not a fan of Westbrook. Um, you know, he's done a lot of great things for the Thunder. Don't get me wrong. But I, if, if it came down to Kevin Durant or Russell Westbrook, I would pick Kevin Durant. Um, I think Kevin Durant is the better player. I know he was drafted first by the Sonics. Um, so he's kind of like the face. So, and he's the first one to win a championship. That's like an ex thunder player. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, and I think he's just a better leader than Russell is, you know, Russell's more about himself. He's a I guy. Whereas I think Durant's grown. Um, so he's more about the players and, you know, how he kind of balances out. And I think he learned a lot from Steph Curry. So I think that's kind of a big factor. Um, so no, I would not have taken him, but you know, I totally get why it didn't work for Houston because, you know, it's Harden's team. Harden was there first and Russell's a, I want to be about me. This is my team. I can do this kind of guy. And since he really wasn't getting that in Houston, I can totally see why he wanted out and why, you know, he, people are just kind of like, oh, so this is the Russell that, you know, <laughs> we have seen in Oklahoma yeah. City prior. So, no, I would not want him back. <laughs> so back to Chris Paul, what was your what, what would you say is your most memorable or favorite story about Chris Paul and his time in OKC? Oh, um, you know, it would probably be this season um, just because of everything that went on. Um, you know, like I said before, ESPN gave them a 0.02% chance of making the playoffs. And this is the healthiest he's he's been. I mean, I can't remember any games where he was healthy in Houston. So, you know, with everything that he did as the Player Association's president and dealing with the boycotts and trying to get everybody to be cohesive, and how grateful he was. And after the game, you know, with game seven, I mean, it was a great series. I seriously did not see the Thunder making it that far. I thought Houston would sweep them. Um, so for him to really take the other players under his wing, and he was like, you know, they're learning a lot from me, but, you know, I'm learning a lot from them. And, you know, as a guy who's my age, I mean, I'm 34. He's a year older than me. So, you know, you feel like you're an old dog meeting, getting new tricks. So the way he would just, just be so enamored with everybody and just so nice and how he was learning and he would, you know, congratulate other players. And, you know, this isn't, this isn't about me. This is about everybody that's on the Thunder organization. And, you know, our team is so great and yada, yada, yada. And it was just so like heartwarming to just see how nice of a guy he is because, you know, usually you don't deal with that with athletes. Usually they're just kind of like, whatever, you know, they, you know, go to the shower, wash their hair and then they bounce. Whereas like he took the time to like talk to the media and talk to other players and he listened, you know, to them. So I, I would say it was this past season that he, you know, really was like, you know, like, oh, like, like, I want him to be my brother or like, hey, <laughs> like, I will be totally your kid, even though I'm only a year younger than you. So, yeah. 
<laughs> well, that's that's one of the reasons we're really excited, obviously, to get him here. Is I mean, and Ricky Rubio, somebody who uh, we yep. loved. Uh, you know, for a lot of the same reasons, he was a, a leader amongst men, you know, and when you talk about like old dogs, uh, you know, hanging around with the young bucks, that's Dave right now. Uh, anytime he does anything. Um, but oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> gotta, gotta, gotta get one in. Uh, but that's, you know, obviously one of the reasons you know, when, when we first kind of heard the news Cheers, that CP three would be uh, making the transition over here, you know, you, Suns fandom is always kind of, a, and Suns Twitter is always kind of a fickle place where, you know, a lot of pros, a lot of cons, but I think that's one of the, even if he's not going to play all 72 games this season, even if we get 60 out of him, just having that locker room presence, I think is going to be so vital to our success as an organization, because with a young team, you need somebody to kind of guide them. You have Monty Williams and now you have Monty Williams on the court essentially. And that's what CP three I feel brings. Uh, Where does he rank kind of as like your favorite OKC thunder of all time or Oklahoma city players? That's a good question. Well, I kind of want to say that, you know, you have, you know, with the Suns, it's like Steve Nash's team, even though he's a coach now, you know, if he, he's, you know, it's like who as a Suns player can you think of? You either think of a Stoudemire or Nash, but, you know, Nash and CP3 kind of play the same way-ish. Mm-hmm. So I, I could see, you know, CP3 being up there as like one of the top five all-time Suns players. So yeah, I just wanted to add that touch in there. But so Ooh, for like, t- let me wow. like, do I do? We're getting us excited. Hope he does. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. awesome. I'm serious. I mean, if he stays healthy, like, you know, it's it's game on. Like it's yeah. like he and Devin Booker are gonna be like dyna- like Batman and Robin. Like it's gonna be a lot of fun for you guys. Um, okay, so for CP3, do I do top five Thunder of all time or top three? What do you want me to do? Top five. Yeah, I like top five. Top five? Yeah. Um, okay. I would say number one, personally for me, is Steven Adams. Um, reason why um, is because he's so down to earth. He's so funny. And I love a, a man who can make me giggle. And <laughs> he would not, he would do it like on accident. Like, you know, I would have to like stifle myself. And he also does interviews barefoot. So, like, he's just cool. Yeah, awesome. I heard a story on Stephen Adams. Um, DeAndre Ayton, when he was a rookie, he heard Stephen Adams whispering under his breath as they were getting ready to box out on the free throw line. He heard Stephen Adams going, miss, miss, miss. And what was funny is it was his own player shooting the free throw, but he wanted the (laughs) rebound so bad over DeAndre Ayton. He was joking that he wanted his own player to miss the shot just so he could get the rebound on Ayton. (laughs) That sounds like the Russell Westbrook in him, right? (laughs) And that that is so, and that is so Adams. Like he's just a kid at heart. He's super cool. And the Pelicans Pelicans are going to like, he's going to fall in love with new Orleans. He's a big foodie. I don't know if you guys ever watched like his documentaries at all. Uh-huh. Or his Instagram, that's how he does a lot of food. And so, you know, New Orleans, it's a foodie town. And, you know, and I don't know, like he and Zion, I think we'll get along really well. I mean, it'd be, it's not the same because, thing as like him. Zion will eat it. all the food that he'll make. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, as Thunder great, and Suns like, fans, we're good with that. Yes. Zion, eat all oh, the food yeah. he makes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Keep I mean, down. you know, with, with Steven and Inez, you know, how they were like the stash brothers, like it was like, they had a great relationship <laughs> and they were so fun. Um, you know, I can see him and Zion doing a little, like a little like foodie show or something like, it'd be really <laughs> cool. Um, okay. So Adam's taught as one, uh, I would say Kevin Durant is two. Of course. Um, let's see. Yeah. Um, goodness. Um, I would probably say Serge is three. Uh, is Kendrick awesome. Perkins is four. Um, and hmm, who would I say is five? Um, I would probably go with um, Inez just because of his and um, uh, Stephen Adams's relationship. And the reason why I don't pick Harden or or Russell is just the way they were off the court, you know, cause you hear all these like rumblings and stuff and stuff that you can't really say, Yeah, but yeah. It, it's just a lot of off, yeah, there's just a lot of off the court 
semantics, I guess, that you would, you're just like, oh, okay. Like I, I know what kind of type of person you are. And I don't know, like for me, and you can leave. I feel like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, they were, they were great on the court. Do not get me wrong. They went to two NBA finals. I wish they had won. Cause yeah. I don't think the Thunder are ever going to make it back to the NBA finals because you had so much magic yeah. with, you know, Fabo, Kendrick, um, yeah. Serge, Russell, Kevin, that I don't think that will ever make or happen ever again. Um, I hope it does, but I just, I, I will not be disappointed because I already know it's probably not going to happen, but you know, it will be fun to watch, I guess. But yeah, so those are my top five. So CP three doesn't break the top five, huh? Nope. Just, just not he's there long probably, enough. No, he's probably six. I mean, he just wasn't there's here long year. enough. Yeah. There's only one year. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, if, if it was this year, absolutely. He would be, you know, the number one, just because of everything he did and way he handled it professionally and how sweet he was about it. Yes. But overall, no. Yeah. My friend, he's a huge OKC fan. He said this last year was probably his favorite year ever. And he said, Chris Paul is probably be my favorite son of all time, which is going to be hard to beat Steve Nash, but I'm very excited about that. But well, that happens uh, when you come in with really low expectations and, and the team blows yeah. it out of the water. Yeah, that's, that's true. what becomes your favorite. Like a lot of Suns fans love that 9-10 season uh, when when Nash and Summer, they took went to the Western Conference yeah. Finals against the Lakers because nobody really expected it. Yeah. Whereas we really and also 0405, but the other years weren't as weren't as weren't quite as much. So I can see that. Well, that's what's kind of scary about this upcoming season is all of a sudden we have expectations. You know, this isn't we're, we're not really yeah going to take anybody by storm. People are talking about the suns all of a sudden. And you know, that's always scary. I'd rather have low expectations uh, than those high expectations. Mm. I've been, I've had low expectations a lot in my fandom, so I'm good. Yeah. I'm okay okay with it, but (laughs) yeah. Well, Sarah, give us the good and the bad with Chris Paul, the strengths and the weaknesses. Um, I would say strengths is leadership. Um, you know, he's been in the league a really long time. Um, so he's, he, you know, he's played with a lot of different, um, personalities, you know, with like Kevin Durant and, you know, everything that happened with hurricane Katrina. So he's dealt with a lot of stuff and he knows how to be humble and sweet and nice. And also listen to the, to the young kids. Like he said, when he was in the bubble, he learned a lot from the young kids. Whereas like, you know, and you would talk to everybody else. They're like, Oh, we learned so much about him too. So, um, but I would say probably the downside is his age. You know, he's 35. That's kind of like 90 in dog years. So <laughs> I think and he definitely needs to stay healthy. If he can stay healthy, he's fantastic. But as we saw when he was in Houston and he had a lot of, you know, injuries, then, you know, the team suffers. So, if he can stay Do you think healthy? he plays at a high injury risk, though? I think he, I feel like he plays like as if he's protecting his body. Yeah. He, he doesn't waste energy. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. You know, there's one, when, when you have a team that's the average age is 23, I feel like yeah. you don't really have to like go all out yeah. to, you know, whereas, you know, with the Houston, you really don't have like a leader. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's yeah. kind of like, uh, so for him, I think you no know, coming in, he knows that the Suns are kind of Devin Booker's team um, because you know Devin's kind of been there a while. So he's not going to come in and knowing that you know he's he's the face. He's he everything's going to come on him, and I think he's going to be the same way as he was with the Thunders. That he doesn't. It, it's going to relieve a lot of pressure on him where he doesn't have to carry everybody like he did with Houston. Yeah, because that was my what I was thinking was, you know, do you think the key to his success last year was the fact that they ran so many of those that they had just that great three guard rotation with him, SGA, and Schroeder? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and should the and Suns try to mirror that? Yes, absolutely. And you know, it's it's great when you have, you know, the the problem with this is when remember a couple of years ago when Scott Brooks was playing the Spurs, and you know, it's Tim Duncan's last year. And, you know, Greg Popovich, who is my all-time favorite coach of all time. I mean, it's him and Phil Jackson. And Greg Popovich knows how to utilize a bench. 
Whereas mm-hmm. Scott Brooks did not. And that's, that's what killed them. I think while he was at the helm. Um, but this year it seemed like with everybody kind of rotating and, you know, there's a lot of people coming off the bench, like Schroeder, SGA, that there was a lot of things going on that Donovan was sort of good at. Um, I wouldn't say that he really utilized the bench because there'd be times where you're just like, why, like, why are you taking, why are you taking Paul out? Like, why, like, why are you taking, ah, so, uh, but yeah, you can, if you can do the whole rotation thing, that relieves a lot of pressure off of Chris Paul as well. All right, a couple more questions before we let you go, Sarah. Uh, what should we as fans expect from Chris Paul? More, um, a more, lot of more fun. T- a lot of fun? Okay, I like that. A lot of fun. Um, you know, I, let's see. So he, you know, like I've said all night long, he's a great yeah. leader. Um, mm-hmm. You're going to get a lot of leadership. Um, he's really personable with fans. Um, you know, he's very straightforward. He knows what he's talking about. Um, so, and if any, you know, thing pops up like with COVID, you know, there's like, we've seen with the NFL, you know, there's play games are probably going to get postponed, you know, Mm -hmm. there's probably going to be a lot of flack and, you know, everything like that. So, but I feel like he will handle it well. And, you know, I think fans are going to get really excited. I mean, you guys didn't really lose a lot of players from last season, you know, and you guys went undefeated in the bubble. Um, so, yeah. you know, I think are we going to get more foul calls go our way? Because Chris what? Paul can work Fouls those reps. Probably. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, well, I, I love when he got a tech play. called against the other team for having their jersey out. Yes. I mean, he knows <laughs> yeah. all the rules. Yeah. Like, the guy's uh-huh. like a Jedi out there. Yeah. The things yeah. we used yeah. to hate from him, we're going to love this year. Yeah. I, I'm excited for that. Good. As you should be. I mean, you guys should have, like, Chris Paul parties every... We like, already have a couple. We had a couple of them. Yeah, that's how <laughs> Matthew got white claws. Yeah, <laughs> only, only a six, only a six pack though. You know, oh, gee. <laughs> can't go too crazy. That's funny. <laughs> Do they sell them in six packs? I think they only sell them in like twenty four packs. I think the one I have in there is from a six pack. Oh wow! Well, yeah. it must have they, been in a bigger. I think it's tall boys that they sell in the six packs, right? Ah. Uh. Oh yeah, it was, it, was, it, was your, it was your buddy Moz. That's who it was. Nice yeah, photo, Moz. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Last but not least, before we let you go, Sarah, what is your prediction for the Thunder this season? I gotta know. Ooh. Um, it's going to be, I feel like, a rebuilding year. Um, so I'm gonna say we're gonna finish two or three games above 500. Okay. Okay. Like we're not gonna be great we're not gonna be bad but it's i mean we've got a brand new coach who just came from the g league so you know this is his first nba job um you know we've got a lot of european players um g league players um so i'm not expecting a lot i'm not holding my breath i'm not like oh we're gonna be so great or oh my god we're gonna be really bad it's gonna be a lot of ups and a lot of downs um so i think there's just gonna be a lot of growing pains fans are gonna have to be super patient um you know yeah Yeah. and i feel like in the next two to three it's (laughs) it's like any new coaching position that you bring in you need to give them two or three years to kind yeah. of grow um, because, you know, he, you know, they don't know players. No one players ever told Robert Starver yeah. that it's two to three months times. over here. It's in Phoenix. Two or three <laughs> months. <laughs> no, two or three years fans, two, three <laughs> years. Yeah. yeah. All these former coaches are like going, yes. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> That's one thing I envy the thunder for is they keep everything entertaining with all the trades and all the superstars yeah. getting traded away. They're always entertaining to watch, and they always are at least 500, which is awesome. I love that. What, what yeah. do you think of your, your City Edition jerseys this year? Um, They're okay. I mean, it's just kind of like, you know, like I wasn't too excited. There, were, I mean, there were other teams that I saw that I was like, those are really cool. But then yeah. I saw ours, and I was like, we're so kind of <laughs> – because <laughs> you guys always do a pretty good job with their city edition jerseys, and I just thought these ones kind of look like a Love's truck stop, and I was just like, uh. yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like it was just kind of like, uh, 
But you know, like maybe maybe we got a new digital graph graphic designer too. It's like everybody's rebuilding. Everything's new. Stuff. He's know. from the G League too. But in the Midwest, yeah, well, isn't like, it the come and go and not the loves? Or is that no? I think it's loves, isn't it? Is yeah, it loves is our, like the loves patch on love. it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, yeah. you know, Chesapeake just filed for bankruptcy not too long ago, so we might be getting a new stadium, a new arena name. You know, Ooh, the so loves like arena. Going to be <clears throat> loves <laughs> arena would be great. Loves <laughs> arena would be cool. That would be I pretty like cool. That. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see. You know. Well, you know, we, maybe Kevin Durant will come in and. Hey, we're we're gonna get a new arena name in Phoenix too. We're just the to be named later arena right now, because uh, the 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 sponsorship expired for ours too. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, hopefully it's something really cute, something <laughs> bubbly and nice. Love, and like, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, I'm like Dos Equis. Like Dos Equis. Like there you go, Dos yeah. Arena. Yeah, it's never anything cool like that. It's gonna be like no, uh, it's not. It's like AT&T Casino, Stadium. Casino Arizona <laughs> Arena will be next. Yeah, time, yeah. yeah, that's what it's gonna like, be. In, yeah, like Indigo Sky. It's like yeah. No, <laughs> no. Well, Sarah, we we really appreciate you being on the Sun's yeah, thank Jam you. Session Podcast yeah, again. You guys are a uh, lot of fun. Well, touche. And I know that, you know, we, we had you on when, during the bubble when we had to play you. And again, it was a great time. We've upgraded now. Now we do live streams. So we, yeah, you know, fun, fun. yeah, thanks for going live with us tonight. Yeah, we, we yeah, really appreciate it. Uh, you want to let all of our listeners know where they can follow you and read you? Yes. Um, welcome to loudcity.com. Um, my boys and I are keeping it busy. We're popping. Um, and then also on Twitter at Sarah with two H's, Dewberry. Awesome. Thank you so much again, Sarah. Best of luck this season. Uh, we'll probably get back together when we're playing each other in the playoffs because you're going to outperform yeah. your, just like last year, yep. your 0.02% right. chance you'll be a five seed. So <laughs> yeah, when, the, when the Suns are a six seed and the Thunder are a third seed, we'll yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see the yeah. back on. <laughs> yeah, same awesome. here to you guys. Thank you for having me. Of course. Have Thank a great you. night, Sarah. All right, oh, gents. Sarah's, you. Sarah's fantastic. <laughs> I always love having her on the show. She's always so bubbly and full of great energy. So, obviously, you know what? When I, I'm I already take away saying from goodbye that, to guests as if I'm like on the show or something. Like I that. know. I'm hey, like, who am I? <laughs> <laughs> we have, well, this is why we're having you on because you're you're our you're our third wheel tonight, and we're just again we're just I'm so everyone's surprised. third wheel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we don't bust your balls as much here because you no. know. I'm still no, too scared man. of you. So. I'm still, I'm, I'm, you're, you're still the most famous person we know. So I mean, this is like, <laughs> that's pretty really sad. That's so sad. <laughs> hey, what can I say? You know, uh, but again, I mean, based on what Sarah said, there's a lot of good things, obviously, to look forward to having CP3 in Phoenix. I think yeah. that all of us are very aware of that. I think it's the casual son. I still have like random people in my life text me and they're like, "Hey, CP3, horrible trade," and I'm just like. Tell me what? why. Well, you gave up four players and a pick. I'm like, okay, but take a look at those players. Take a look at that draft. I'm like, don't talk to me. You know, so to yeah. the casual fan, As it's going to take actual winning to really kind of change their well, perspective. Yeah, the bottom line, I mean, the, the Suns have seven of their top eight rotation players from the bubble coming mm -hmm. back. And the only one not coming back was upgraded to Chris Paul. Exactly. Ricky Rubio. Because Kelly didn't play. Aaron didn't play. Um, Ty and Jalen didn't play. So you got an eight and O bubble team, seven of the top eight, and you replace that Ricky Rubio with Chris Paul with a number one or two on your team. And I, you, and then you add, you go ahead and just upgrade Frank Kaminsky for the heck of it to Jay Crowder. I think that was yeah. a nice little upgrade, right? I'm okay with that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you upgrade, uh, uh, Ty Jerome or Elia Kobo take your pick to Langston Galloway. I think Which that's I a love. pretty good trade. Yeah. And yep. plus they were not getting any minutes either. Jerome. But no way. Uh, not in the bubble. You're right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But towards but the end how season, many of us were like... frustrated with Elia Kobo still getting 20 minutes a night? Oh, all the night. time. He would come in all, all the season. time and it was the worst thing that Monty would do. So yeah, he had a weird affinity for that. So um, now this year he, he can have an affinity for anybody on the roster. <laughs> and I'd pretty much be okay. And I'm okay with it. And I think now, that's when Abdel great... Nader plays 20, 20, night, 20 minutes a night, I, can, I have the right to change my mind. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And that's, if that starts happening, I mean, we'll, we'll, 
definitely have plenty of podcasts bashing that move. But that's literally like the only bad move that Monty can make because I'm a fan of how he's really rounded out this team. And that's mm-hmm. kind of, without Dave knowing it, a great segue into our next sec- segment, which is our way too oh, early it? predictions oh, for tw- the 2020. I had no idea what this show was about. I, I know. You just <laughs> show up it. with, with your, uh, your moonshine whiskey that you have going <laughs> distilling Dave, in your you bathtub know, there. Do you know where you're at right now, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> But let's talk about that. You know, the dust is barely settled from a little stronger than the a white claws, That would you say? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to stay young. Oh, and of course, big stay young, dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This thing can go on to like <clears throat> two in the morning if yeah. we keep drinking, because I don't work tomorrow. Um, hey, neither do I. Actually, that's pretty yeah. Hard. You guys could stay I, up all night. Yeah, it's Sunday Mondays off for me nowadays. <laughs> okay, that's good. <laughs> But the the dust is barely settled from teams having the ability to trade and draft and free agency. So I know that the season's one month away. So it's time for us to make those way too early predictions for the next season. And we're each going to make three predictions. We haven't talked to each other about what our predictions are, so they're probably all the same. Um, (laughs) So, Matthew, kick us off. What what can we come back to? At the end of this season, and go, hey, on the November 29th, 2020 podcast, Matthew said this, and this is what happened. What is your first prediction for this season? Yo, you would say it's way too early, but honestly, the season starts in a couple of weeks. The preseason does, but um, yeah. <laughs> so that's crazy. But this is actually probably an easy one. I feel like everyone's probably predicting it. Devin Booker will lead the Suns in assists this year. Um, I think his playmaking ability will upgrade this year even more. Him and Chris Paul together, I feel like in the backcourt, they're going to be sharing the ball, moving the ball around. I just I loved what I saw from Booker in the bubble, moving the ball around, even towards the end of the year. So carrying it into this year, especially with Chris Paul, I just think he leads it. He leads the Suns. Not eight, probably not eight assists per game, but maybe like six or seven assists per game. I would predict that. Ooh, oh, well, hey, that's a ballsy. That is definitely. Is it a really? Step out. I didn't think it was. That yeah, much. well, Chris Paul has averaged ten assists in in like almost most of his seasons not, in his career. Yeah, it's like nine and a half for his career. Last so, season, I don't know. It's least. possible though. Last year, he only averaged six point seven or so. But they, with, but they were yeah, doing the three guard lineup, so that makes and that's sense. That's why you have Booker. So Booker's that other point guard. I feel like in the sure, system, sure. So. so it's it's definitely possible. What I really love about Chris Paul is uh, just the having Chris Paul in the lineup along with instead of Ricky Rubio along with Devin Booker is that they already led the league in assists per game last year. Mm-hmm. And I think they're going to yeah. lead the league in assists per game again this year. Here's my bold. That's not a bold prediction though, because they already proved it. So just repeating that and adding your, the well, best this isn't, card. this isn't bold predictions. This is way too early predictions. This is way too early prediction, but still <laughs> that's okay. They should be bold. They should yes. be bold. Right? I mean, we don't Agreed. want a lukewarm prediction, way too early predictions. The Suns will play at least 50 games this year. Um, ah, shit. So I got to take be... that one off of mine. That <laughs> was no, 50. Um, I'm going to say my way too early prediction is that the Suns are going to be a top five offense in the league. I like okay. that. I could see that. They were number eight that. at the end of last year. And they upgraded to Chris Paul. So I, I think they're, and they added more shooting. Yes. The three point shooting. So yes, here, here's a question on that because I know a lot of people have been saying that. I think I was actually watching you guys on the solar panel brought to you by Fox sports, Arizona uh, the other day. And I think you guys were talking about that. And one thing nobody's really been touching on. And I, I want to hear your thoughts on this. Our defense is going to be much better. I mean, we had, I think yeah. if you look at points per game, we were 17th in the or 20th in the league. And if you look at a uh, defensive rating, we were 17th. I want to think like how much of an upgrade is Chris Paul, Jay Crowder, uh, Aiton with another year under his belt, knowing that they can hide Booker on defense a little bit now, like how much of a jump are we going to take defensively? Cause I think that's where a, a big opportunity is going to be for the Suns. I think that's a big opportunity too, but if you're expecting the solar panel to cover that, I mean, come on, we got Espo on there. So you guys got so much content. It's, it takes all day. <laughs> no, no. Defense um, in all seriousness, in all seriousness. Um, I think the defense is going to improve. <clears throat> um, will they be top five? No, but maybe in the 10 range. Like I remember us yeah. a year ago, we were sitting around going, God, wouldn't it be so nice if the offense and the defense were in the middle third, right? Like we were hoping somewhere between 10 and 20 last year mm-hmm. when Ricky yep. Rubio started, came in and all that. We're like, please, please, please get us in the top, in the middle third of the league. I'd rather, I, I'd like to see offense and defense in the top 10, of course. Um, and there was only one or two top 10 offense defense teams last year. So it's yeah, going to be really 
Yeah, there's one other. There's one other. Uh, it's Denver. escaping me. Well, no, no, yeah. Denver. No, <laughs> no. Thunder were pretty good though, uh, but I would say yeah, the Thunder were top were number seven, I think, if I looked at it recently, uh, okay. which is pretty good considering they did have a young team. So I'm going to go with, yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to say I'm going to say probably top ten, close to ten, number ten. Okay. What's nice about the defense too is you have Chris Paul and Jay Crowder, veterans that are defensive players that can actually hold this team accountable. Unlike Devin Booker, who will throw a fit anytime something's misread or someone has fails on defense, which he doesn't play any defense. So it'd be nice for a defensive player to actually hold the team accountable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, right. definitely Jay Crowder and Chris Paul are both going to hold the team accountable which is um, great, yeah. and make sure DeAndre Ayton pays attention the whole time. And if mm-hmm. you do that, I mean, that is a heck of a defense with, and we haven't even talked yeah. about Mikel Bridges. So, well, excellent. look at, look at this, Dave segueing right into my first way too early prediction. And that is Deandre Ayton is going to earn all NBA third team honors this season. Okay. I really Ooh, feel, I really wow. feel that CP three is going to unlock his potential. He has a history of doing that. You look at Blake Griffin, Deandre Jordan, even Nerlens Noel last year had a, you know, kind of a bounce back season signing a veterans minimum just to play. Uh, he, you know, Aiden's going to once again average an efficient double double this season, and hopefully, the league is actually going to recognize that he's doing that. You know, I think the 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 shadow of Luca kind of hangs over Aiden a little bit because I mean, the guy's a double double machine, and no one talks about it because they're so far up Luca's ass. But I feel if he really starts to average, you know, tw- tw- over twenty points, if he can get up to like twenty three to twenty five points plus his ten to twelve rebounds, that's going to be an easy shoe in for all NBA at least thirty monitors. Because you look at last season, it was Anthony Davis, Jokic, and Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert's going to be a step yeah, back, yeah, and we yeah. got to see what Jokic does, you know. But he could be potentially second team, but I'm calling at least a third team for as DeAndre. Long as all NBA stays with the center, getting three spots on the all NBA teams, yeah, I totally agree with you. Yeah, I think that too. But also, I think he has a chance to be a second team as well. I'm um, defensively and offensively. You don't really find the centers that can they could bring it offensively and defensively at the same time, yep. <laughs> DeAndre. DeAndre Aiden actually he can be that guy and like just like Rudy Gobert he's just defensively he's a madman but offensively he can't do much but DeAndre Aiden has that chance to be that unicorn for once Carl Anthony Towns a big guy that can shoot lights out he can play offense stellar but besides that defensively he's not that good I think DeAndre can really top these guys and go over um, maybe even the second team so I like that prediction I'm just saying maybe another step higher maybe second team that'd be awesome no, I would be obviously a huge fan of that. And like you said, I mean, the guy's got the potential to do it. So yeah. I, I, with CP3 there, I really believe that he has an opportunity to be unlocked. And, you know, that's why he's going to have a great season this season. And so yeah. much of this season truly comes down to the, the performance, the maturation, and hopefully that aggression that uh, DeAndre Ayton can bring. You know, we'll, we'll see if he'll truly be the aggressive just, guy that we want him yeah. to be. But, but he won't. I'll just make a that's comment. That's not who he is. Know. He's not that. But he can be so much better as a player mm-hmm. to where the aggression doesn't actually matter as much. Um, it'll be it'll be one of those things where you're just like, come on, let it, let that go. He's got to get better as a player though. If he's if he gets if he gets really consistent on defense and uh, he he finishes everything around the rim like he's supposed to, then then that is going to make people forget about the aggression. But he's not going to be a hammer dunk guy. He's never going to be a hammer no. dunk guy. Which is fine. As long as he puts the yeah. ball in the hoop, I don't care. He's got that nice little finesse touch shop around yeah. the rim. Fantastic. That's all I want. Mm-hmm. But I, I do want him to see just to be a little bit more aggressive on the blocks early in the game because he typically waits until the second half before he wants to in- integrate himself in the offense. I don't think Chris Paul is going to let him do that. He's like, we're running high pick and rolls, and guess what? I can get you the ball versus you know yeah. players in the past who just can't make an entry pass or can't effectively get him the ball. Right. But anyways, enough about DeAndre Ayton. How about we go, Dave, what is your second way too early prediction for the 2020-2021 season. For the 2020. Uh, let's see. My second way too early prediction. You guys have already taken some good mm-hmm. ones. Um, I am going to say that Cam Johnson will be a starter mm-hmm. over Jay Crowder during the season, but then Jay Crowder will take back over that starting position in the playoffs because of his experience mm-hmm. in the playoffs. 
That's a great. I, actually, I I feel like I predicted that last pod where I said Cam Johnson you. really had the chance just to come in. I don't know if you're stealing notes from me, but he really had a no. chance to come in. It won't start the regular season as a starter, but he has a oh, chance I to think, come in and take it yeah, over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did hear you say that. You're right, Matthew. And you probably okay. dropped that. <laughs> no, you probably dropped that nugget into my head because yeah, I see Jay starting the year because mm-hmm. Monty's going to go want to go mm-hmm. with the bets. And then at some point, for one reason or another, it won't necessarily be Jay Crowder's underperformance or anything. It could be just injuries and stuff like that. But Cam will be undeniable going into the starting lineup. And then it'll go back to Jay at some point. So, But, you know, that's a really, really good problem to have, isn't it? Absolutely. It is. Yeah. Yes. Which, again, segues right into my next one. And that's the Suns are not going to have a losing streak of more than three in in a row. And the reason is because... This team is balanced Ooh. and designed to absorb the injuries that's and load hot. management. But that's if you think about it, that, you know, to your point, Dave, that's exactly why. Because Cameron Johnson is going to be backing up Jay Crowder to start. Jay Crowder is a veteran. He might need to take a couple of games off for load management reasons. Well, guess what? We have the depth now. What was unbelievably uh, frustrating last season was to see the team consistently be uh, cut. You know, their legs were cut out from under them because they. They didn't have the depth, you know, Frank Kaminsky filling in minutes and, and having Ty Jerome yeah, get minutes, yeah. Elliot Kobo. I mean, with all of those, those, uh, challenges they had with injuries, they, they cost themselves, you know, at least five games. They win one of those games. They're in the playoffs or at least the playing game. They went two of those games last season. They're they, in the playoffs. They had an eight game losing streak. Excuse me. Exactly. Eight, eight yeah. Losing streak in December that if you really could have, um, swapped out Ty and Ellie getting minutes, for Langston Galloway and Etwan Moore, who we haven't even mentioned yet tonight. Yeah. Uh, for those guys getting minutes toward the end of the bench, then you can a little, at least a little bit more absorb the loss of a Chris Paul or a Devin Booker or someone like that for a little bit. Yeah, and that's what we used to do every season. It's like we start off, well, maybe last season we start off good, but there's always those slumps we go through every year where it's t- t- maybe eight to ten games where mm-hmm. they just can't get it going. And no yeah. one can get him out of it. And now we have Chris Paul. We have the veterans. We have that leadership where it shouldn't happen. Um, I love that prediction, John. Three so, games. Maybe maybe we'll have one three-game losing streak, but I'll be happy with that. If it's just well, so, so fun fact. You know the last time the Phoenix Suns did not have a season with a losing streak of three or less? 2010? Nope. Dave, you get one guess? The last time they had, they went through a whole season with no more than three losses. Is that what Correct. you're saying? Correct. Correct. In a row, uh, God, it might have been oh five. <laughs> it was it was oh seven oh eight oh seven oh eight oh. oh the la- wow, and the, here, here's another oh, wow. nugget: the last time they had a, a season without a losing streak less than seven was thirteen fourteen. So every year since thirteen fourteen, we've at least had one losing streak of seven. It's so, it's been a tough it's been a tough road, guys. Yeah, it has. I mean, I've been at every one of those freaking games and <laughs> like it's gonna be so nice i know we can't go to the games this year so that's gonna suck but yeah uh, but at least we can watch them on fox sports arizona and yes. watch all those games as they they're even gonna <laughs> so look, good man, there this, expo <laughs> would be proud yeah we're Saul so would be unbelievably proud of you right now we're so basket so desperate for basketball that the preseason games are even going to be on TV this year on Fox Sports Arizona. They haven't been on television for years, yeah. for many years. I'm surprised you knew that. I only found that out <laughs> on the solar panel last I know. Friday. <laughs> uh, but I, I, you don't have to tell me twice. <laughs> All right, Matthew, All right. What, what's your yeah. second prediction? So we're talking about depth, and my favorite signing besides Chris Paul is uh, Dario Sarvich coming back, which Love is fantastic. It. And he, if he fills in that six-man role, I predict him to be runner-up and six-man of the year award. I don't know if really? he'll win it, but he'll be a runner-up. I think if he hones that six-man like I, I feel like if he comes off the bench every single game, just comes in and gives us 25 to 30 minutes, maybe a little bit less than 25 minutes of just what he showed in the bubble, even towards the end of the year where he was just consistent. If he has that, he'll be a runner up for sure. in sixth man of the year, I think, especially the way he, I don't know if you guys noticed it, but he was handling the ball a lot more at the top of the key. I don't know the yes, pick and yeah, roll point, stuff. Point so, Dario. Yeah, it was, yeah. that was great yeah. to see. So if he no, brings I, that I into his game too. Exactly that spot. Exactly. Yes. Exactly, exactly that role. That and you know what? They fit, they did the line, they did the rotation, the roster exactly so that Dario can have that spot because they let Aaron Baines go, who didn't play in the bubble because of COVID, but yeah. now is not a threat 
Uh, they let Frank Kaminsky go, so Monty won't be um, tempted to put him in there at center and Dario at, next to him. Uh, so I think that's going to be a really good opportunity for Dario. I agree. I don't, I don't, uh, know that he can get that high in six man of the year because I think we've had like 84 straight guards picked for six man of the year. Uh, but definitely cause they gotta be like a, you know, a, a Lou Williams scoring guy. Um, but Dario should be in the conversation. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, well Montrez Harrell did win last yeah, year. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. I like your thinking because oh, yeah, Montrez, Montrez yeah. Harrell and Dennis Schroeder okay, were before both. Before that, 84 straight cards. Okay. <laughs> before, yeah. Before but that. both of those guys were six men of the year that, you know, finished one, two, and now they're both yeah. on the same team with the Lakers. So they're going to cannibalize each other, which is going to yeah. open up the door for Lou Williams there and Dario Starch coming in the back and coming in, you know, Come getting number back. two. Oh, so you don't want Dario I like it. In the back. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> Only if it's a corduroy couch. But I think that it's oh. very. It's oh. very valuable that Dario starts hey, finally. Love in- that peach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How many I, times we talk about that big booty? Like get back and down, get to where it wants to go. <laughs> or maybe I just talk about. I had that explained to me on Twitter the other day. <laughs> I Thanks, saw that. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think that Dario starts finally accepting that role is what's going to truly unlock him because he wanted to be a starter when he came here. Monty gave him the minutes as, as a starter, and once we got to the bubble, he was needed to come and play that role and he excelled in it i think that you know some of his interviews after those games that's what he was mentioning he was saying like i'm not necessarily comfortable with it but i can see why it's working and i think that now he's he's signed to come back here knowing that that's going to be his role and that's going to be huge that's you know i agree with you matthew ninja signing right there it was really subtle the difference in his tone he was look he was a pro all year long total pro Mm-hmm. Dario, I loved hearing him when he would do the interviews. He was total pro, but his tone and his impact was subtly changing all year long in that he was just being a good sport in the spring when he lost his rotation job and we still got a chance to talk to him, but he still talked to us, which is good. Most guys don't. And then uh, when he came back at the beginning of the summer, when, when they just restarted before you got to play at all, all of a sudden his attitude was better. He was feeling more positive about things. He felt like things were going really well. And then when he started playing, you're right. Um, John, he, he said, I'm not used to not starting. Uh, I don't know how I feel about this, but I'm going to go for it. I'm going to try to do my best. And then three or four games later, he's like, I love this role. I've always been a playmaker. I've always been able to do a little bit of everything And this role. I guess I have to admit that this role lets me do that where the starting role did not. And so, and then by the end of the bubble, he's like, I want to come back here. He was like blatant. He's like, I want to come back. We are going to come back next fall doing this much better. We heard that a lot from a lot of players. They all wanted to come back. Mm-hmm. Except for the except for the ones that didn't come back. I mean, <laughs> well, they they didn't come. They back. wanted to process but... of elimination. Yeah, they wanted to come back. Sorry. That's why that's why Rubio and, and Ubre are so sour right now because they I probably wanted to be exactly. a part of it. I feel Rick, bad. Too. Yeah, Ricky just feels a little bit a little bit hurt. I think. Um, I I still wonder exactly how that went down. We don't have to go into it too much if you guys don't want to. But yeah, it didn't Ricky sound like it was good. Said, <clears throat> well, he basically said he was told by his agent that his agent was told by the Suns that he's not in trade packages. But there's no way. Yeah, you're getting Chris yeah. Paul without Rick Ru- Ricky Rubio going out. So it could have just been in general. The Suns are not trying to trade Ricky, which is absolutely true. They wouldn't yeah. have if they didn't have a chance to get Chris Paul. And that's the yeah. only reason I feel like you know any other yeah. player. If if you're going for a, a big name point guards or I'm I'm sorry small forward power forward right. he he wouldn't have been a part of that right and just really so, quick a quick question um do players actually listen to their agent do they listen to like what Woj and Twitter and social media are saying like because I mean if Woj is saying it in social media a lot of times the rumors are true so I mean if these rumors are going on and his agent is telling him like hey don't worry about it but he's not paying attention to social media well they? I just find it bit? hard to believe that that well no. I'm no. not going to put okay. any words in anyone's mouth. Ricky was in Spain, so yeah. he could have just been not well. He was in Phoenix for a lot of it with his family. Well, why was he, he not following he, Flex? <laughs> <laughs> Look, it was all Flex right there. Really ended up knowing everything about this, didn't he? Yes, he did. He doesn't know everything yeah. about everything, but he knew about this, and he somehow 100%. had some kind of connections to know what was going on with this. That doesn't. He didn't know who they're going to draft. He didn't know any of the other stuff. He had inklings, but you know everyone's got favorites. Uh, but uh, he definitely knew what was going on here, and it was definitely exactly as he described it. Well, uh, the and best which part makes about me that, surprised though, that Ricky and Kelly didn't know what was going on. It, it. The best part about that is it gave us time to kind of 
absorb and process. Yeah. And I think that that was valuable yeah. for us as at least Suns fans to really yeah, go. Okay. By the time he got traded for, we were all for it. I remember mm-hmm. I got a call from Plex. I, I, I got a call from him on like a Saturday and he just totally sold me on it. I'm like, no, I don't want Chris Paul. Yeah. Why would I want Chris Paul? He's old. He's broken down, blah, blah, blah. He's like, dude, let me tell you all the good things about Chris Paul. And five minutes later, I'm like, all right, I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> it's like he sold you on Jesus. Like he was a church man going around calling people. He did that to a lot of people. He, yeah. he, he told them why yeah. and they all ended up believing him. And thank you. Yeah. Well, that conversation, I'm a Jehovah's witness. Is, if somebody's throwing smoke at you, you figure out they're not they're not telling the truth. You know, they're, they're throwing smoke. Yeah. And everything he said makes sense. Chris Paul really is going to be a very po- big positive on the scene because he wanted to be with the Suns. He wants to play with Devin Booker, and he knows Devin Booker is the man. Yes. That's and again, great segue <laughs> to my last way too early prediction. And my last way too early prediction for the 2020-2021 season is Devin Booker is going to break the Suns' all-time mark for points per game in a season. The record is held by Tom Chambers, who in 1989-90 averaged 27.2. Booker currently is second and third at 26.6 twice over the last two seasons. Uh, Do you know who's fourth on the list at 26 points per game? Amari? Amari Stoudemire, 04-05. And this is going to be the year that he finally breaks it. I know I had like kind of a a watch on how many points he needed to average in the bubble. It was something like 35 points a game, and he would have broken Tom Chambers' record because it's time for that record to come down, man. It's like, what, 31 seasons that's been there, and it's Tom Chambers? If he would have just broken six threes in a game once or twice, he might have got it That's what it is. Exactly, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like that's that's a good one. Thanks, Matthew. What's, uh, what's your final well, one? Well, just really quick on that. I think that honestly, okay, so I think last season was the season he was able to do it. But this season, I feel like he's such an all-around player now. I feel like scoring is like not really second, but he doesn't have to do it as much. I know he'll be what, more open with Chris Paul being there, but I like well, your that's prediction. Why you have him, that's why you have him doing all the assists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because so, he's a complete player. He's like a twenty-five and seven guy now. I feel like, but anyways, okay. sorry. I'm good with it. I'm good. I with didn't it. mean to be a jerk about that. God, what, right. what, <laughs> yeah, what a white claw drinking asshole! I know, man. Dude, you geez. make Espo look like such a nice guy. <laughs> All right, well, what's your what's your Matthew? Yeah, let's circle back to DeAndre Aiden. So, this is a stupid one, but I just thought I should throw it out there. But if the um, just let me get through this. If the Milwaukee Bucks end up being crappy next year, if their season is a tank season somehow, and DeAndre Aiden and Porzingis are playing like they are playing, I feel like DeAndre Aiden will have a good season. But he's, if he's nothing great, I feel like the two guys that will be traded for uh, Giannis will be DeAndre Aiden or Porzingis. So that's my last prediction. Okay. You feel like if DeAndre Aiden gets traded, it'll be for Giannis? Yeah, no, I feel like if Giannis and the Milwaukee Bucks are like below 500 by trading, going to happen. Well, you never but, know. If he's say, not into it, they are. Okay. Yeah, if, if he's not into this season uh-huh. and he's just like, you know what, I want out of here. I'm not going to re sign the max. The Suns can either trade DeAndre Ayton for him or else I feel like the Dallas Mavericks are the other team to go after But he's Giannis. a free agent. So how do you trade for him? A sign and trade? No, he's he's not a free agent. He's got a, a at the end of next option. season. He would have oh, it's to, a player option? Yeah. Well, yeah, so I that's my so. prediction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has one more year. Yeah. I mean, he yeah, he's a player option. But yeah, wow, so, that, is, that is a hell of a prediction. Wow. Well, I know so, that Ma- the Mavericks have been linked kind of to him, but I think the I way like that the they're... I think you know I, I think this is what Bill Simmons was saying this the other day on his pod about how kind of the secrets out on Boston and Dallas and how their front offices don't have any loyalty to players. And that's one of those things that kind of the Mavericks didn't make a bunch of moves this offseason. I know they really they, they really didn't get better. Yeah. I mean, everybody's talking about yeah. the Luca machine, and and Saul made a great point on the solar panel. He was talking about how what makes the Dallas Mavericks a top five seed. Well, you have an MVP candidate on there, so that's by default you should be a top five. And I understand that, but they didn't put a lot. I mean, Seth Curry's gone. That scares you, know, they, you doesn't it? Yeah, a little bit. I yeah. think they're yeah they're they're thinking Josh Richardson's going to be a better fit. But I don't know about that. I mean, he's gosh, inconsistent. Seth Curry was such a dynamic. He was shooter towards the end of the year. He really, you know, Seth Curry. Uh, he he had a ten day with the Suns. Yeah, he I know. Was, yeah, <laughs> I remember. And there's like, yeah, we don't need you. Yeah, I was like, oh, <laughs> a team <laughs> I know. <laughs> Same with uh, Daniel House. 
two starters in the playoffs. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, you look at the Rockets and they were pretty much the Suns 2.0. They just took all of our PJ Tucker, Daniel house, you know, uh, I, that's an interesting one, Matthew. PJ Tucker, um, Jay Crowder is basically PJ Tucker. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Yeah. A little more inconsistent, but I think, uh, he's actually better from the, he, he guards the perimeter a little bit better. I feel like than uh, uh, PJ Tucker does. Yeah. Well, that's an interesting one, Matthew. I'm going to have to process yeah, that. Wow. I'm done processing. Cool. Whatever. All right, Dave, <laughs> what's uh, what's your last way too early prediction? <sighs> way too early prediction. I think people are giving Portland a lot of credit for their offseason because they acquired uh, Robert Covington uh, mm -hmm. and they're bringing back health. But basically, that's about it. I mean, if you're you can't you you just can't tout Ennis Cantor as a big acquisition with a straight face. You just can't do that. Uh, <laughs> he's going to put up some numbers, but he's not going to make a difference on winning for you. He's a good stopgap player, but he's not a guy. What they might have actually addition by subtraction is is actually moving on from Hassan Whiteside now that Nurkic is back healthy. Um, but um, I don't know if Portland's going to not not going to rise as high as the Suns are. So my my prediction, my way too early prediction is the Suns finish with a higher seed. Some people will say that's a lukewarm prediction, but uh, there are a lot of people who think Portland has a chance to get third in the West. No, I, I, I like that because, yeah, everybody is salivating over everything that Portland did right mm -hmm. now. And I get it because it's Dame. It comes down to Dame and what he kind of yeah. left everybody's impression, just like the impression that the Suns left on a lot of people. That's why we are getting as much pub as we are because the last memory they have of the Suns was 8-0 and the last memory they had of Dane was just hitting logo shots. And they, you know, the Robert Covington move, I think is, is a great move for them, but I'll be interested to see how it all plays out. I don't think that they're going to be as, uh, they're not, I don't feel like they're as deep as the Suns. And I think, again, what makes this team so exciting and the potential is, is our depth. And I don't know if Portland necessarily has that the way that the Suns do to where if they get a couple injuries, they might go on one of those five to six game skids and a five to six game skid in a seven, two game season it has, you know, is more like an eight game skid. So we really have to kind of be in tune with that. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I agree with it, but um, I was going to say if Devin Booker can actually earn that all-star spot instead of Damian Lillard giving it to him, then yeah, yeah I think the Suns will have a better record. <laughs> I think, oh yeah, that's another one um, is I think Devin Booker gets voted in this year. Yeah, I, yeah, I completely agree. One. That, that one I feel like is How a, many all-stars do the Suns have guys? This year on our team, yeah. How many will be on All Star in the All Star? We have a game we year? have a potential for three, but we'll probably yeah, get one. For three. I say two. I, I say we either get nice. Booker and Aiden or Booker and Chris Paul. Okay. Yeah. What do you think, Dave? <sighs> I think probably one, uh, unless the Suns are like top four seed, and then they'll get three. It's like it's like either one or three. I don't I don't think yeah. I think Chris Paul is just going to be well. I don't know. Chris Paul could pull the Russell. I think Russell is not going to be an All Star this year, but Steph will. Yeah, and so that'll those will offset each other. I think uh, people will overvote for Jamal Murray because of the bubble, and he might be the lowest scoring lead guard or you know primary scoring guard that's ever made the All Star game. Um, but that's just me being throwing a little shade at Jamal Murray. Um, <laughs> but then again, you've got Donovan Mitchell already in there, so they can't get both of those. Yeah, but Donovan Mitchell might take a little bit of a step back. Guys. You know, he That's might not. Uh, yeah. 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 I'm hoping Plus, it's a Murray or Mitchell option and Booker's in no matter what. And then is it Chris Paul or Russell Westbrook option? And then Chris gets in because of the higher seed. That's oh, I would hope. think so. Yeah, and plus Clay Thompson's out this year too, so that that's sad, but Clay it helps State, a little bit. Yes, that helps. That helps. Yeah. And then Kelly Uber, I don't know, he might make it in. Oh mm. God! <laughs> you know what? He might make it into the commercials, though. Yeah, he will, Bobbin. All right. So <laughs> last last question before Brian we get Sun out of Cowboy. here: What okay. is the Suns' final record for this upcoming season, gents? Final record. Do some math. Okay, what equals seventy-two? You're right. All right. Yes. Seventy-two games. Who's going first? I'll go 44-28. Boom. Wow. That even adds up. Good for you. I did my research. I know. I just had to add <laughs> mine up just in case again. <laughs> I have my calculator on right now. Uh, I'm going to go 49-23. and 23. Ooh. I like it. Almost 50 wins in a 72-game season. That's impressive. That's like a three seed at least. 49-23. and 23. I'm just gonna like do the prices right thing and one dollar, Bob. Yeah, one dollar. No, um, <laughs> no, no. I definitely think. Oh gosh, forty-four and twenty-eight. 
to 49.23. I'll go right in between you guys. Why not? All right. okay. I'm in between you on the on the graphic here anyway. So <laughs> we'll, <laughs> we'll go 47.25. I like it. I like it. You know, the fact Very that we're cool. talking with such positivity, just, I mean, that's what it comes down to. Because <sighs> makes time, me nervous. I know, but that's, it's a good nervous yeah. though. Ooh. It's like, it's, yeah, it's like the nervous Matthew gets every like he every time we get on the podcast, it's like that nervousness he has before. <laughs> you, know? you know, before we log on, it's just him biting a leather belt, just like uh yeah. smashing a white claw. Like, I can yeah. do this, I can do this. Just kidding. Smash <laughs> it open and drink it really fast. Yeah. <laughs> uh real quick before we get out of here, Dave, do you play fantasy basketball? I do not. Okay, well, I'm going to throw this out to all of our listeners. Uh, if you're interested in joining, we have a Suns Jam Session Listener League via ESPN. So if you're interested, uh, you can email us at sunsjamsession at gmail.com, and you could be one of the 10 lucky listeners who are joining the league. We already have some people signed up. Uh, so says Jay from the Fanning the Flames podcast will be a part of it. So uh, and I, email I, us and let us know. I haven't signed up yet, so if anybody else gets in there, if three more people get in there, they can take my spot. I won't even be in it. <laughs> yeah, we have a few more openings. The draft will be uh, later in December, and then I am going to get a shameless plug in here. Um, if you are looking for a great gift for your son, for the Suns fan in your life, look no further than the Suns Great Print, created by That's yours awesome, truly. Dude. It is available at Suns Jam Session Redbubble page, and it's available as a poster, a print, canvas print, uh, t-shirt hell you can get a pillow or wow. shower curtain if you desire so uh, the Man, link i'm is gonna in- have to replace no, no offense to craig hamill but i gotta replace the thing behind me because it's got three out of nine guys gone now <laughs> <laughs> well this this uh you know for those of you who watch the pod this is the the print that i have on behind me as as we do it up here it took me like three three and a half weeks to paint it's gorgeous a, thank really you gorgeous. I, I i appreciate it and i have my guitar it, right here too i can autograph that and mail yeah it to you. and send your guitar. It. <laughs> did, did you paint it with sun's uh player faces and i stuff? could i can just put a quick best. stick figure of of jalen smith on it <laughs> okay i'll put Sticks. some christmas cookies inside of it too <laughs> Ooh, as sun's players uh, but but if you're interested and you're watching on youtube the link is in the description and uh, all proceeds go to uh, John Voida and my Daybed Foundation. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say the John Voida Foundation. That's it. <laughs> uh, so we appreciate any and all support. Any, any parting words, fellas, that you want to throw out I there? Think, oh, I wait. think you should throw your money at that print. That is awesome. I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. No, not you, John. A, a, lab, a labor of Other love. Yeah. <laughs> Don't throw your own money. <laughs> I bought like six things already. Yeah. <laughs> I want my throw pillows. Yeah, yeah, we've sold eight. <laughs> uh matthew you got anything else fella you know i really don't i really thank everybody for tonight it was a lot of fun i was super nervous before chewing on my belt but everything turned out great don't worry about the future you can't control it and i had a great time tonight awesome and, and dave you got any parting words uh everybody go home and love your family oh, oh, I love oh. It. oh. all right i was gonna do all the plugs but you know what that's the mic drop right <laughs> there take it. care everybody <laughs>